With less than two weeks until the start of the regular season, the Sacramento Kings still have a lot of work that needs to be done. I've compiled a list of seven questions. Questions that need to be answered. Questions that might be keeping Mike Brown up at night. I'll share with you what those questions are and my answer to those questions right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com right now. You can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter at ABC 10 News. And while I don't think necessarily Mike Brown is going to be losing sleep or is losing sleep over any of the questions that I've compiled and I'm going to pose here on this podcast here tonight, I do have this scenario, this this, this idea in my head or this picture in my head of uh, everybody has left, only Mike Brown and the janitor are remaining at the Sacramento Kings team offices above the practice facility. And Mike is sitting there in a dimly lit room with either a candle lit for some reason, maybe he's a candle guy, I don't know, <laughs> or a, a, a dim lamp, and he's got a bunch of papers in front of him, uh, and he's got on his TV film being played, or it's in. he's in the concept of pausing it, and he's standing at the windows that overlook a dark practice facility, and he's just sitting there pondering, thinking about these seven questions and what his answers are to these questions that need to be answered to some extent before the start of the uh, the regular season. Now, the absolute final answer is probably not going to come to a lot of these questions. It's probably not going to come until midway through the season or like that halfway point, right? Typically, you need to allow teams some time to kind of get acclimated and get into regular season shape and kind of to get into that mode, right? So not every team is going to hit ground one or, or, or day one uh, of the regular season, game one for the Kings in Utah. They're not necessarily going to walk into uh, that that game, knowing that they have all the answers to all their questions, they have all everything solved, and everything's going to go smashingly. Everything's going to go perfectly. But these are seven questions that I do think Mike has to have some kind of solid idea, or at least a early belief, or an early answer to these questions. And maybe that answer changes, or or, or slightly adapts, or is reaffirmed as the uh, as the season goes on. But here are those seven questions. Number one. How many established winning NBA rotation players do I have? Number two, how deep am I willing to make my rotation? Number three, can I improve my defense substantially without sacrificing offense? Number four, if championships are truly the goal, what gets us there? Number five, how much should I expect from my top guys, specifically De'Aaron Fox, Amanda Sabonis, and Keegan Murray? Number six, how long of a leash do I have for player mistakes? And finally, number seven, how do I turn the internal improvement gamble this offseason into actual results? So we're going to go through all seven of these questions, and I'm not Mike Brown. I certainly don't have the experience or the pedigree or the basketball mind or the charisma or the, the, the looks or anything of Mike Brown, right? Uh, so I'm not going to pretend that I know what Mike's answers are going to be to all seven of these questions. If I were in his position, 
knowing what I know now with the limited knowledge that I have compared to his hands-on knowledge, and he's been working with this team basically every hour of every single day over the last week and some change that they've had training camp and preseason. Based off of my loose understanding of what's going on and this team, preconceived ideas, I test of two preseason games and very limited looks at a handful of practices so far. I'm going to give what I believe are the best answers or what would be my answers to these questions, at least as of right now, heading into the regular season. Because again, I do think the Kings need to have solid answers, at least to, uh, to all seven of these questions to start the year. And again, things can change and adapt as the year goes on. Okay, question number one. How many established winning NBA rotation players do I have on this roster? Now, when I, how I define that, like established winning NBA players, it's talent that I know is not just capable of playing in the NBA, not just belongs in the NBA, because the Kings have a roster of multiple guys, well above 10, 11, 12 guys that are NBA caliber players. But winning, and specifically winning to what the Sacramento Kings are doing uh, here versus winning generically with any other. Like the Kings have a very specific style and a very specific way that they plan on winning. So how many proven, established rotation players do I have that I know can win here in Sacramento? The answer is eight. It's the starters plus Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, and Trey Lyles. Eight guys that you're carrying over from last season. Eight guys that you've seen do it before can absolutely get better. I'm not saying that they're perfect the way they are. They definitely need to improve that internal improvement, which we're going to talk about later. But eight guys that I've seen have success here. Those are my eight proven rotational players at this point in time. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have more guys on this roster that I've added this offseason that I believe can help me win. So that leads into the next question. How deep am I willing to make my rotation? To me, as of right now, that number is nine. I think Mike Brown is going to start this season. If the season started tomorrow night, I think he has a nine-man rotation with JaVale McGee as that ninth man. The tenth man is situational. There are going to be some games where he uses ten guys, and most likely it's going to be Chris Duarte that is that tenth guy. Duarte as a backup guard. Duarte maybe for defense, maybe for shooting, to pair with DeMontis Sabonis at times. At times, that 10th guy could also be Sasha Vizenkov. And again, later on down the season, maybe Vizenkov becomes that ninth guy or even pushes for that eighth guy once he gets more comfortable with the NBA. But as of right now, my answer to this question to start the season is I think I have a nine-man rotation. If there's a 10th guy, it's situational. It's most likely Duarte, but I can go to Sasha Vizenkov if I need floor spacing, shooting, and offense. Number three, can I improve my defense substantially without sacrificing my offense? I think the tough answer to this question is that's unlikely. You can make minor improvements, and minor improvements are going to be a key. Like in, in moments where you have to have improvement from your defense, the fourth quarter, and in the clutch, that is where I'm looking for the most improvement from this Kings team. Now, granted, last season, they were a much better fourth quarter team and clutch defensive team than they were in the first three quarters. Now, I'm hoping that those first three quarters aren't nearly as bad and as abysmal as they were last year, that no matter what the Kings did in the fourth quarter, they were still ranked, what, 25th or whatever it was in the bottom half of the league, well in the bottom half of the league defensively. And they were still as good as they were last year. Minor improvement 
is what I'm looking for. And especially when games are close, again, regardless of the caliber of opponent, can I shut top guys down? Can I secure and win a game? And also, can I use my defense to hold on to and secure a big lead that my offense has built for myself? Those are minor ways that the Kings defensively can improve without saying, become a better defensive team for all four quarters, which of course we would all love to have. But I think if you're going to do that, you're going to have to focus so much on that that it's going to take away from the offense a little bit. It's going to have to. I don't know how you can have the same commitment and focus on the offensive end of the ball and try and revamp yourself defensively without taking away a little bit from that offense. And of course, the offense of the Sacramento Kings is the bread and butter. So focus on that physicality. The physicality focus is still a very good thing, and I'm glad the Sacramento Kings are using that and making that a priority during training camp. But play with a new defensive physicality and more intense defensive physicality. Make opposing offenses feel you and know that you're there and don't give them easy buckets, but don't play overly physical to where, one, it gets you in foul trouble, which I think is going to be the biggest learning curve, and two, that you're playing so physical and so aggressive on the defensive end of the floor that it's draining you offensively, that you don't have the stamina, you don't have the legs to play at the pace and to play with the uh, speed, the volume that the Sacramento Kings offense liked to play with last season, and we imagine it's going to try and continue to play with this season. Question number four. If winning a championship this season is truly the goal, which Mike Brown and De'Aaron Fox says it is, what gets us there? It's Sacramento's elite offense. It's their elite offense in the playoffs, which we didn't see last season. Last year in the playoffs, the Kings defense definitely did look better, much better. The offense was a shell of itself. A lot of credit of that I give to the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors defensively did a really, really good job against the Kings. Newsflash, as good as the Warriors have been offensively over their dynasty, they've won a lot of their titles on the backs of their defense too. So, a lot of credit to the Golden State Warriors defensively for how they handled the Kings. But if the Kings are going to make it to the championship, let alone win it, they have to be that elite, close to 120 point per game offense that we see during the regular season. That has to carry over a majority of their games, a vast majority of their games in the playoffs if they're going to accomplish that. They're going to be need big games from their big names, meaning De'Aaron Fox steps up to an even another level in, in, uh, in the playoffs and deep in the playoffs. DeMontis Sabonis steps up more. I'll talk about him later on. And you need to have really top depth, like some of the best depth in the league in terms of Malik Monk being a six-man-of-the-year competitor. Keegan Murray stepping up in the way that you need him to step up. Kevin Herter not disappearing and falling off the face of the earth with his three-point shooting. Harrison Barnes being more of a presence. Like the Kings need more from everybody, especially offensively, if they're going to actually win a title. Number five, how much should I expect from my top guys. Well, Fox, it's easy. Superstar status. Like, if I'm Mike Brown, I'm expecting my star, I'm expecting De'Aaron Fox to play like a superstar this season. I'm demanding that of him. I need that from him. And that comes not just on scoring, because we know De'Aaron Fox can score. We know he's capable of scoring more than he averaged last season. We know he can do it. It's not just scoring. It's defensive leadership. Like De'Aaron, as good as Davion Mitchell is, and Davion Mitchell is a fantastic defender, and that's amazing. Why can't De'Aaron Fox be the best defender on the Sacramento Kings in addition to the best scorer? If the answer to that question is, well, 
if he's focusing that much on being the best defender, does that take away from his offense? Number one, I think the Kings are a little better suited to make up for some of those points at times, not all the time, but at times. But number two, does that not speak to what we just talked about, which is if the Kings are going to focus heavily on the defensive end of the floor, does that take away a little bit from the offense? Like, I think De'Aaron Fox is capable of being the best defender on this Kings team. With Davion Mitchell right on his heels at either 1A and 1B even. Like, that's the expectation that I think Mike Brown should have of De'Aaron Fox this season. It's hard to ask more than what Fox uh, delivered last year. But you gotta if championships are truly the goal. From DeMondis Sabonis, his regular season impact was incredible. The rebound champion, double-double leader, second in triple-doubles only to Nikola Jokic. Like, he was a dominant force during the regular season last year. An all-NBA center, and rightfully so. In the postseason, he was not that guy. So bring that regular season impact into the postseason consistently. That's what I'm asking of him. And then Keegan, I know it's just your second year, kid, but we have high expectations for you. You need to be established as a third option and go-to score in addition to being a solid defender. Not a great defender, not an elite defender or anything like that, but be a solid defending wing. Someone who you can tag team with Harrison Barnes to do a halfway decent job of handling individual defensive assignments because the teams that you're going to face deep in the playoffs and in the NBA Finals are likely going to have one, if uh, at least one, maybe two, somewhat dominant star wing threats that can beat you at any time. Number six, how long of a leash do I have for mistakes? I'd say a pretty standard leash. I don't think uh, Mike has to crack down with an iron fist and say, if you screw up more than once, you're out of here. Although there are going to be times where if he sees someone make mistakes multiple times, he's going to have them come and sit down and, and watch from the bench while they like discuss what they did wrong, right? He has those high expectations, but he's not going to be like, for lack of a better term, grounding everybody and putting everybody in timeout every time they do anything wrong. Lulls are going to happen. What needs to happen from last season to this season is continuing to avoid those extended losing streaks or streaks of, of struggles, right? The Kings did an amazing job, with the exception of the 0-4 start, they did an amazing job avoiding losing streaks. In fact, I think they only had one other three-game losing streak, and I think that was at the very, very end of the season after they had shut everybody down. So continue that this season, build off of that from last season. And also, the issues that you're going to have at the start of the season, there are going to be consistent issues that we see the Kings work their way through over the course of the year. Make sure those issues that are frequent and consistent at the start of the year are inconsistent and infrequent come playoff time. They don't have to be completely gone, but a lot, a lot less frequent than they were to start the year. And finally, how do I turn internal improvement and that gamble into results? Well, number one, that requires something that Mike Brown's already got under control, at least on paper. That requires complete buy-in. He has He's had everybody sign a new contract that says they're going to give 110% to what the Sacramento Kings are doing here. So it requires that complete buy-in. It also starts at the very top. If De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis don't believe 110% what the Kings are doing and don't give 110% to what the Sacramento Kings are doing, why should the other players follow? So it starts at the very top. The, the habits that the Kings are trying to build for themselves, as far as the Sacramento Kings are going to go, their leaders and their stars are going to take them. Minor improvements are going to create major results or need to create major results, meaning the Sacramento Kings don't have to transform into the best defense in the league for them to have a chance. 
But like I mentioned earlier, they make little defensive improvements in certain aspects of the game that can have a major result in winning or needs to have a major result in winning. Over the course of the season, the, the offensively, like the, the Kings three-point shooting gets a little bit better, like minor adjustments to the quality of shots that they're getting. So the volume maybe comes down a little bit, but the amount that they're making uh, goes up and it could climb from like a 37 or 38% average as a team to 41, 42%. Actually, that's a pretty that's a pretty significant improvement in all reality. But minor, uh, minor improvements that the Sacramento Kings make over the course of the season as a team and individually with each player, those minor improvements create major results. And finally, you need to have firmly established roles and expectations. That's a must. Every single person on the team needs to know what their job is, what their role is, what their responsibility is. That doesn't mean they know the amount of playing time that they're going to get every single night. That doesn't mean they know when they're going to get their shots or when they're not going to get their shots. Not everything like that. You don't have to lay that all out and plan meticulously every little thing that's going to happen to them. But they need to know what is expected of them to help the Sacramento Kings win and what role that they're going to play in the Kings actually accomplishing winning a championship. So those are the seven questions that I think need to have some kind of answers by the time the regular season starts in, what is it, 13, almost 12 days? A lot of stuff to answer. I'm curious your answers to those questions. If you want to share them with me, you can do so on Twitter, at MattGeorgeSack. If you want to email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. And, of course, leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's Number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or you lose. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a win-win no, regardless because, okay, you bet that $5. You're only investing $5, whatever. Maybe you win and you're already in the red or, I mean, uh, in the black or in the green. Maybe you lose. You're in the red, but here's $200 on top of that to help you get out of it. Or here's $200 on top of the money that you've already won. Go and win some more. Keep playing and have some fun. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's really no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. Also, of course, when the NBA season starts, FanDuel is the number one place for all your NBA action, too. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Every once in a while over the last handful of seasons, really, let's, let's say in like De'Aaron Fox's tenure as a king, at least once or twice a season we've had conversations about are the Sacramento Kings lacking an enforcer, right? At one point it was like, can Harry Giles be that guy? It's It's... Kind of a bad example, but it's the most common example we give. That that Draymond Green type presence for the Sacramento Kings, not the a-hole dirtbag who steps on people's chests in the middle of the game. I'm not talking about that side of Draymond Green. I'm talking about the side of Draymond Green that's made the Warriors successful. The leader that he is. The enforcer that he is. Someone who holds his teammates accountable. Now, sometimes he goes a little too far and punches his teammates in the face like Jordan Poole or gets in fights at times with Kevin Durant and things like that. So we know Draymond Green is not exactly the perfect example. This isn't a conversation about Draymond Green. It's the, the point is the Kings need an enforcer, right? Or do they still need an enforcer? Someone who is going to be an extension of the coaching staff, but 
actually, in all reality, is going to relieve the coaching staff. Is going to say, Mike, coaches, you worry about the game planning. We know what we're doing wrong. I got this. I'm going to hold these guys accountable. That person has to be someone who is obviously very well respected, but also someone who is not just talking and not practicing what they preach, right? That's what makes De'Aaron Fox such a, a good candidate. I don't think the Kings have an enforcer problem anymore. I don't think they are completely devoid of someone who is going to hold this team accountable. I don't think it's one guy either. I think it's different guys who are holding and preaching accountability in different ways. But multiple guys need to step up. Like, here are the guys specifically that I'm looking at as enforcers to step up, especially when it comes to preaching accountability on the defensive end of the floor. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and Davion Mitchell. I think those three guys, Malik Monk, you could also throw in, to, throw in there a little bit too. Harrison Barnes can be to some extent, although Harrison is more of a locker room, he's more of a leader and less of an enforcer. And I do think that's different. Like De'Aaron Fox is absolutely in a, leader, a leader. But that enforcer side of Fox could and should come out a little bit more, which is if De'Aaron's going to be giving his 110% on the defensive end of the floor, if De'Aaron is going to make that step that we talked about earlier, which is becoming the best defender on the Sacramento Kings, or De'Aaron Fox and, and uh, Davion Mitchell are at the top of the, the, the mountain when it comes to defense, if they're putting in the work, then they should also be the guys that are looking down the rest of the lineup and going, hey, match me here. You don't have to be as skilled as we are, but put in that effort. You don't have to do what we're doing, but put in that effort and work as hard as we are on the defensive end of the floor. I'm looking to De'Aaron Fox and I'm looking to Davion Mitchell to really be defensive enforcers for this Kings team. And DeMondis Sabonis, we know, has stepped up and been an enforcer when it comes to specific players. Like how many times last season did we see Sabonis pull Keegan Murray aside? Like Sabonis really was a enforcer and leader and mentor of Keegan Murray's a lot last season. I would like to see him do that more with the team as a whole. In, some ex uh, in many ways, even though it's not necessarily his game or his strength, I think DeMontis Sabonis is kind of going to be and going to have to be the defensive anchor of this team. Doesn't mean he's the best defender. Again, I'm looking at Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox to do that on the perimeter. But as that big in the middle, the guy that's going to be tasked most of the time with helping on, uh, on guards or wings when the perimeter defense breaks down or, or helping in the paint or at least trying to box out, secure rebounds, things of that nature, like you are that anchor. The center is typically that defensive anchor. Again, not your best defender necessarily, but the guy that kind of anchors and communicates and, 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 and holds it all down. We know how important Sabonis is as the foundation of the offense. He's also going to kind of be expected to do that as the foundation of the defense as well. So that's where I need Demonta Sabonis to step up as an enforcer. Again, leading by example. Don't tell anybody to do things that you're not willing to do yourself. And I think Mike Brown is already instilling this in his top guys by being harder and coaching Fox and Sabonis harder than anybody else on the roster, at least last season. And that was not from my mouth. That was from the mouth of different players. Like, those three guys, to me, really need to step up and share different aspects of that enforcer role. Lead by example, but make sure you're pulling guys aside. And when the Kings are going through their stretches like we saw the other night, in their loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. I know it's a preseason game, but we're going to see stretches of the Kings falling apart defensively like they did in that game. I'm sure plenty of times over the course of the regular season when the Kings are in a stretch where they're on the wrong side of a 12-2 run and that 11th and 12th point 
that their opponent just scored was an easy layup in the paint because everybody kind of fell asleep and just watched and nobody rotated or the Kings made didn't play physical enough or made a dumb mistake. I need De'Aaron Fox to be the guy. Even if Mike Brown is calling the quick timeouts like he normally does, I need De'Aaron Fox to pull everybody aside on the bench and go, guys, we got to be better. We know this. Or Davion Mitchell, guys, we got to be better. Monta Sabonis, we're better than this. We're capable of this. Let's pull our head out of our you-know-what and play better defense that we know we're capable of playing. Like, those are the three guys that I'm really looking to as enforcers for the Sacramento Kings. But somebody who has clearly stepped up already, despite being very new to the team, is JaVale McGee. Now, I had a conversation with uh, Damian Barling and Kenny Carraway, D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320 about this a little today. I think it was D'Lo that asked the question, like, do the Kings need that kind of vocal leadership from JaVale McGee? I think my answer to that is and, and was, as of right now, yes. Like, for training camp and going into this season, yes. Like, you brought in JaVale McGee, Excuse me, you brought in JaVale McGee not just because he's a, a quality backup center and in theory fits well with what you need and what and, and can provide and fit what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do for anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes a night as that backup center. Not just that, JaVale McGee brings plenty of NBA experience, tons of playoff experience, NBA championship experience, and has worked with Mike Brown before for many years uh, when they were together uh, in, uh, in Golden State. So I think right away, JaVale McGee's vocal leadership is absolutely needed on this Kings team. And like McGee has said, he's not going to step on anybody's toes. He answered a question about leadership. It might have been my question. I don't even remember, honestly. It was after day one of training camp when I noticed he was the guy to, he and De'Aaron Fox were the guys to break the huddle and speak to the team instead of the coaching staff. And JaVale said, like, when you come to a new team, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. You don't want to walk in and kick in the door and start yelling and screaming and say, everybody listen to me. I'm the new guy here. But also, McGee knows that he can provide a lot of the leadership and a lot of the experience and the context that this roster might be lacking, even with the playoff experience that they got last year. So, yeah, in preseason, early on this next season, I would like to see JaVale McGee being a vocal leader. And maybe that gets less and less and tapers off more and more, at least gets less visible. Maybe we see it less on the floor, but it's happening in the locker room as the season goes on. Whatever. At that point, I don't really care. I don't think McGee's coming in here to be a dictator. I don't think McGee's coming in here to take the keys from De'Aaron Fox and, and Mike Brown or anything like that. I don't, don't get those vibes at all. But if McGee can come here and by being vocal and, and preaching accountability can make the Sacramento Kings team better, hell yeah, I want that from him and I would love to see that from him. So the Sacramento Kings next preseason game is a home game inside the Golden One Center on Sunday. Looking forward uh, to that game. I think it is against the Golden State Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's not quite the home opener atmosphere that we're going to get in two weeks from tomorrow, but it's still Kings. It's still Warriors. It's the first glimpse since Summer League in person that we're going to get uh, for the Kings inside the Golden One Center. And, and I was trying to think about, like, what what am I looking for from the Kings in this game? Well, I could put together a long list. We don't have time for that, and, and I'm not really interested in doing that. But I was thinking, like, what would make me feel better, right? If I could ask for one thing that would just reassure me a little bit after these kind of two letdown preseason games to start, what would make me feel better? And the answer came to me really quickly, which is, I want to see the Sacramento Kings look like the Sacramento Kings of last year. And that's offense. 
So I have no idea how much the starters are going to play. I have no idea if the starters are even going to play. I imagine they're going to. Maybe they play 20 minutes. Maybe they play 15 minutes. If they start the game and only play the first six minutes and they're done for the rest of the night, I want to see over the course of those six minutes the offense look really, really sharp. Then when the bench unit comes in, I know the bench unit is still incorporating some new guys. Mike Brown is probably going to stagger guys a little bit more as he gets closer and closer to his actual regular season rotations and gets further and further away from these hockey lineups of just throwing guys out there, units out there together, and getting them comfortable together. Like, I want to see the Sacramento Kings offense look like the Kings offense. That doesn't mean I need to see them score 120 points. I want to see an offensive rhythm that reminds me or encourages me that what happened last season is very much repeatable for this team and it's going to happen again. We got that to some limited extent and a limited stretch at the beginning of the Raptors game. Like the Kings got off to a really solid offensive start in that game. I think the game was what, 35 to 35 at the end of the first quarter. Like the starters played pretty damn good offensively to open up that game. Assuming Keegan Murray is playing and that his thumb is going to be okay. I want to see the starters look like that again. I want to see the top bench guys, Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Trey Lyles, maybe even JaVale McGee. Like offensively, I just want to see the Kings look sharp. I expect them to still have struggles on the defensive end of the floor. I would hope that the defense would be a little bit better from the Laker game to the Warriors game. Would love to see the Sacramento Kings win. All of that is secondary to show me that Sacramento Kings offense. Show me your bread and butter Put it out there on a pedestal or on a, uh, on, on a silver plate for all of us to see. Even let the Warriors know, hey, this is just a snippet of what you're going to get October 27th when you come into our building and we do it for real this time. Like, that's what I would like. That was what would make me feel better or the best, I guess, out of that game three of preseason. What do you want to see? What would make you feel better from the Sacramento Kings in game three of preseason? Let me know. And what are your answers to those seven questions that might be keeping Mike Brown uh, up at night to this point are questions that Mike Brown should have some sort of confident answer to by the start of the regular season. Again, send them to, those to me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.